The blast from our past network. Hot ride? Hot ride! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every episode of Seinfeld back to back because we love Seinfeld and you love it too. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And today we are bringing you Season 3, Episode 21, entitled The Letter. It aired on March 25th, 1992. And Corey, my man, please let us know the brief synopsis. Yes, sir. The letter. Jerry finds out his new artist girlfriend plagiarized a touching letter she wrote to keep him from breaking up with her. Her portrait of Kramer becomes a hot seller. Elaine refuses to remove her Orioles cap while sitting in the Yankees owner's box during a game. Okay. Interesting that that's what they called out with uh, the Jor- or the Jerry relationship thing. Because I feel like that was just like a last little thing that they had in there. It wasn't like the big deal. Right. But it's all right. Um, One thing before we get into the breakdown, I do want to call out. I just thought it was kind of interesting. This episode had the highest viewership of the entire season three. It had twenty two point three million viewers uh, compared to uh, every other episode of season three, which was kind of mostly hovering around like the 18 ish uh, million viewers. This is the this is other than the first episode of season three, it's the only one to go over twenty million, and this one had the most. I have no idea why. Right. Okay. Like I was, television I was viewership. Wonder, yeah. Yeah, I would say television viewership doesn't really equate to quality. It just kind of equates to timing of when people were watching something, or maybe there was a really good lead in for this one, or like they were trying a new show, or maybe there was like I don't know March twenty fifth. I don't know. Maybe there was some event that happened before it that people were watching into this one, um, as opposed to like with streaming. I think you would get better episodes, get better because get better viewership because people are actively choosing to right. to watch those episodes. Unlike TV, where it's just you have to watch whatever they put in front of you. So I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting that this was the the highest viewed episode of the season. Hmm. Interesting. And, and, you know, to that point, maybe that's why this Kramer painting gets so famous, but I, I think it would have been that way. The anyways, like the Kramer painting would be yeah. famous anyways. And it almost feels like this episode would be popular going back, like and being rewatched. But that is interesting that it was so popular on its, its first airing. And yeah, I would love mm-hmm. to know what came on right before it that I wonder if, you know, people were sitting in their seats just, and then just tuned in. Yeah. Yeah, very possible. Um yeah, I also man, I wish I wish this episode was called The Painting or The Kramer or something as opposed to The Letter. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't feel like that's correct. And I almost feel like The Letter is another episode later, but I can't kind of You know what? I almost I almost thought for a second that wasn't it the letters when um when they burned the cabin down and they found the dad's letters to like oh his, yeah that would have been a good one yeah like I in my head when I read that this episode was called the letter that's yeah. immediately where I jumped to but no no it's not and yeah this should have been called yeah. the Kramer I would have I would imagine if you could go back in time and redo it you would call this episode the Kramer I would because that's such a bigger to me that's a bigger part of it than 
just that one letter, which is I don't know. Whatever. Okay, let's let's chat. Yeah. Uh, and uh, per per usual, we start off our chats with a stand up bit. <laughs> of course, of course, it'll be that way for a very very long time. <laughs> uh, Jerry's talking about. Uh, do you really think that security guards and museums ever really stop anyone from taking the paintings? Are they like, hey hey hey, come back here with that saison? He's like, uh, just think about it. Uh, you know, the man's getting paid five dollars an hour to protect thousands of dollars worth of art, and uh, and he's equipped with what a mocha brown uniform and a USA today he's like thieves must look at him and think uh all we got to do is get past that folding chair and a thermos of coffee and we got ourselves a rembrandt and uh not as strong as last episode's opening act yeah. and another example of once you sort of realize what security guards are for it's not they're not trying to protect you from stealing it they're they're trying to stop people from touching the paintings because people have yeah. this inherent desire to not just look at something but to actually go and touch it and the yeah. security guards are actually there to keep you from touching them not stealing them or or do like uh with flash bulbs or something right. like that, which can harm the art yep. over time exactly like that totally makes sense uh, yeah. but yeah because they're not they're not security guards at, at all <laughs> no, but it's okay no. <laughs> but i agree this was this was a decent uh stand-up not not amazing yeah, and, and so. the the bit works. Like, the whole bit works mm-hmm. because of the way he does it and the way he sets it up and everything. But it's one of those times where you, if you think about it, it doesn't work. But Jerry does such a good job telling it that I'm like, okay, it's still a good stand-up bit. Agreed. Uh, all right. So uh, we start the episode into Kramer is posing for a painting uh, with uh, Jerry's current girlfriend, Nina. And they're kind of joking about posing nude, stuff like that, which it was just kind of funny, just Kramer being kind of – Silly, um, but Nina. This is uh, one of the one of the bigger names. We're getting a couple back to back names. You know, we had Helen Slater, who wasn't a huge name. You know, she'd kind of done with Supergirl, but well, um, this actress is a pretty big actress. Yeah, and and I'm sorry, I was should let you finish. She's uh, she's mm-hmm. a big. I think she's a big name now. Uh, she's she was in Forty Year Old Virgin. That was her like her biggest you know thing. That was her uh, biggest one. Yeah, her yeah. name's Catherine Keener, which yeah. we haven't brought up, but yeah. But but uh, I think at the gr- time. Good actress. Great, yeah. yeah, she's a great actress. Uh, but I think at the time, Helen Slater was huge. Then, like less so now. Mm-hmm. I I kind of have the feeling that this actress is bigger now than she was then. You know? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, forty as you mentioned, forty year version is a big thing. But she was in Being John Malkovich. Yeah. Afterwards, she's also in the recent um, Get Out, that uh, kind of thriller yep. horror movie. Uh, Capote, which is a pretty big one with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And for me, I love some of like the dark humor uh, kind of cult movies. Uh, she was in Death to Smoochie. I love Death to Smoochie with Robin Williams. That's a that's a good kind of weird dark humor um, comedy. So never seen it. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll put that. Yeah, one, I would uh, highly, highly, re- highly recommend it. OK, I'll yeah. put that one on my my radar. Yeah, perfect. Uh, all right. And then we cut to the apartment. Uh, George is kind of freaking out about button flies uh you know he hates it come back from the bathroom and he's just he freaking hates the button fly uh and joy jerry is like you know what i like the i like the button fly i don't want i don't want uh, anything with interlocking teeth uh you know down there in that area um so uh i want to ask you you know do you have a preference do they well let me ask you a question with a question do they still make button flies <laughs> That's like, I haven't worn a button fly in a long, 
long time. Yeah, I haven't worn a button fly probably since the 90s, but I I remember the joke. That, I mean, this joke was, it wasn't just, you know, from here. Like, I think that was a joke that everyone was sort of experiencing with uh, button flies back in the 90s when they first came out. Yeah. I think people had a hard time with them. People were sometimes peeing their pants because they couldn't, like, get them all undone. <laughs> um, but I love yeah. Jerry's I love Jerry's logic behind liking button flies yeah. versus a zipper because I have maybe once in my life caught my not as bad as, you know, there's something about Mary. Every man has once caught it in yeah. the fly. Like it, yeah. it, it's happened. It happened to me. It happened to you. I was talking with a friend just the other day. It happened to him, too. <laughs> yep. Everyone. So I, I get it. And it's, you know, and, and it's it was never as bad as something about Mary when his twigs and his berries yeah. get all tangled Go, up. No. In there. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, but dude, it pinches. I, it hurts. Oh, God. Oh, my God. It's terrible. <laughs> that because th- yeah. that skin is so thin down there it's insane it is <laughs> but to answer your yeah. original question um i don't particularly have a preference i'll just say that i never had a problem with button flies like they never they never held me back from from peeing <laughs> i i'm with george i am not a fan of button flies because they are they're just more complicated they take too much time and sometimes when you gotta go you gotta go now and i don't want to wait for them and also i find that you know they don't always zippers stay stay up and better. You know, they're they're. I feel like button flies every now and then. You know, they would pop open a little bit too easily. Um, not not saying I got like a boner and popped through them. Yeah. Like that's not yeah, insert <laughs> your, your face was like what the fuck? Yeah, no, like, no, that's not what was happening. But I'm just saying, like I don't know. They just didn't they didn't stay together as better as zippers. So I'm I'm all with George. <laughs> so. Hey right. everybody, let, let us know what your preference <laughs> is on the Facebook fan page. <laughs> I feel I mean I do feel uh, females have many more button fly options today than men do. I mean maybe that's not the case, but I feel like I still think it it might be a thing for for female pants a lot more than it is for male pants right now. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know, man. I wear sweatpants every day because I work <laughs> at home. <laughs> Jeez, fuck you, oh, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Nina is uh, curious about Elaine and Jerry. Uh, she's just, we just see that she is kind of a jealous type, uh, particularly with, you know, Elaine, because she's a former girlfriend and they, she still says stays close with Jerry and that kind of thing. Um, you know, which isn't something that happens to a lot of us. I'm not friends with any of my exes. I don't think you're friends with any of your exes, mm-hmm. but for George, for Jerry and Elaine, it works and I want them to stay friends. So yeah. I don't want a, other person to get in the way so yeah i um, I don't think nina's feelings were all that like wrong i think you know nina has a right to be concerned especially i mean she's a new girlfriend so she's new to the to their friendship new to the situation so i I felt that i thought that was very relatable on her on her part Mm -hmm. yeah i would agree uh george and jerry come over to her studio uh and just in general jerry kind of recognizes that she is jealous person and so he's not sure it'll really last um it is a good stuff he kind of gets george roped into being quote-unquote interested in her paintings and oh she's like okay yeah yeah go take a look around and, and we'll see if you anything that you want um and she kind of brings up that she's got these you know four yankees tickets uh for you know uh, an upcoming game that um uh, is like the owner's box quote unquote which i always thought the owner's box was like one of the actual boxes i didn't think it was down there i 100% am with you on that one i was a little yeah. bit confused but i mean <laughs> it makes sense that the owner would be right there it's like those are good places but then why do they call them owner's box i i don't know i don't th- 
Yeah, that is a weird spot because you. N- I never see owners down in like amongst the people. They're they're in their boxes, yeah. you know, where they can have a climate control yeah. and they can have all this. Like, they don't want to be out in the sun. They they want to have like their nice fancy drinks and not be in the middle with a whole fuck ton of people. Yeah, like that's, I, yeah. That's that. That was that's my understanding of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whatever. So it's. This stuff, she, her dad is the accountant for the Yankees and whatever. He got these sweet-ass tickets, and she only wants to go with Jerry as, as long as he's going, and so she just gives them to George, who's all excited. So this also, I think, kind of entices him, like, well, fuck, now I have to buy a painting kind, kind of thing, um, just a little bit. It, that's not really brought up, but I think it, it's part of his mentality if he's already being roped into getting one of her paintings. Well, it was it was um, like a visual gag. Like, he was holding yeah. the painting, and then he's like looks down at the, 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 the tickets, and he's like, oh, I... I see what's happening here. My question to you is they were obviously three tickets because Kramer goes oh, yeah. as well. So who would have been the third yeah. person with her, with Nina and Jerry then? Or would they have just had an extra seat that they didn't even use? Well, later, maybe maybe it was the accountant because he pops down. But later when Lippman has it, he says four tickets. So my guess is maybe it was four people or okay. some shit like that. And so it, maybe yeah, it, was, and, it was a total of yeah, four. Yeah, that makes – okay, that makes sense. And, it, and, and maybe, you know – Jerry and, and Nina would have maybe invited somebody else to go, probably not Elaine, uh, or probably, they just yeah. would have used them and just had two open seats, essentially. Yeah, possible. Uh, so even though George has these tickets and he could look at the tickets and see that they say row two on them, not <laughs> one, you know, once he gets to the game and he's all upset that it's uh, it's not, you know, that row, I guess, I guess at that point. There probably are. They're probably like a row four or five or something because it's behind the dugout and that's a little indented. Never mind. I'm not going to go through stadium how they're set up. But he's all <laughs> upset that it's not immediately behind the dugout. This is the stadium numbering podcast episode. Yeah. We're not, <laughs> we're not, I, I, I don't know why I started to go down that rabbit hole. That was a dumb thing to, to, to vent about. But George, what I'm trying to get at is George is complaining that he's not immediately behind the dugout. He is, you know, one extra row up. And these were free tickets. You know, he didn't have to pay for them other than what he kind of did with the – which he, has, he actually hasn't even paid for the painting yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but they're not God free damn tickets. It, George. They're $500 yeah. tickets essentially. <laughs> yeah, but he's immediately like – you know, shot down and feels like he's not getting as good as what he deserves because they're not as good as what he what he thought. And he just it's like, God damn it, George, just just shut the fuck up and take your free tickets. I'm I'm with you 100 percent because this kind of goes back to like, you know, the some of the things we don't always like about George. But mm-hmm. I do like the joke that was written in where, you know, what did he say? Like, uh, can you believe this or something like that? And and she's like, what? You know, you can't get any better than this. And he's like, yes, I can. It's right <laughs> yeah. there. It's right, right in there. front yeah. of me. I can get better than this. And I was like, yeah, yeah. that was actually like a funny, a funny little yeah, line. That was. So they're in like this, you know, this owner's area and um, they're, the Yankees are playing Baltimore because you see yeah. some kind of like footage of that happening. And Elaine is wearing an Orioles cap. We know from previous episodes she is from Baltimore. Corey loves it because <laughs> he is also I... from Maryland. I love it. I love it. And, you know, obviously it'll come back later, but we're talking about it now. But she's not just from Baltimore. She is specifically from Towson. And I went to college at Towson University. It's this small little college town that's like only like 
15 minutes away from Baltimore. You can get downtown Baltimore mm-hmm. super, super easy. So, like, I would spend my my college uh, times, like, going out and partying would actually be in, in Baltimore. And Baltimore is very, very scary, but not if you're, like, sort of around the Inner Harbor area. is kind of, like, the only good part about Baltimore. Mm. But, uh, I mean, even as a kid, I thought this was awesome. And then just the fact that I'm an adult now and I went to Towson University, I very much cling to this. It's yeah. very yeah. much something that I I stay I this is the hill that I will die on. I love I, it. <laughs> I totally understand though. You know, I will see something that, you know, oh, if it's from I don't know, anywhere near I am in, in Georgia or hell, like even now since we've both moved out of LA, if I see a movie that has like a street sign or something from LA and I'm just like, Yeah, I know about that more than yeah. the regular person. Yeah, you know you know more about Elaine and her Baltimore life than most of the regular Seinfeld fans, so Go 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 for you. Yeah, and and so. uh, I'm everyone knows should know by now. I'm not a huge baseball fan, but uh, Yankees and Baltimore have a bit of a rivalry, don't do they not? Mm, I mean, everybody hates the Yankees. Okay. Literally everybody. Um, but I don't think they have any more of a rivalry than anyone else. It's okay. nowhere like the ball, like the the Red Sox. Right. Yankees okay. Red Sox is the biggest rivalry in baseball. Gotcha. So. Okay. Okay. I was just I was just curious about that. So, okay. and, but it was nice that because uh, when I was younger, I didn't realize that the footage on the TV was or not on the TV, but the footage they were showing was Orioles and Yankees because it was it was a little bit hard to to see. But I, I didn't it was, pick up on yeah. that. You know, I thought she was just wearing her her Orioles cap because she was at a baseball game, and she, you know, which also would work as well. Yeah, some people do that, and I'm like, all right. Mostly, I don't. I don't typically love that when people wear, you know, a, a team that isn't in one of the teams playing. But I guess it's as I've gotten older, I've gotten less of a, I don't really give a shit. But but more often than not, I'm just like, well, just wear a normal T-shirt then. But or a normal hat or something. But. And, and to, to that point, uh, I've said it, I think, on this podcast before and I've said it on other podcasts. But I'm just going to say it real quick. When I lived in L.A., I bumped into about four different people over the course of 13 years when I was there. Uh, the four people that I would see that had like they were, you know, over time and everything. I just see them at the mall or something. And they, like these people, like they would wear an Orioles cap and I'd go up to mm-hmm. them and I'd be like, oh, hey, you from Baltimore. And they'd be like, they look at me like I have a third eye. And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh, OK, dude. well, you're, you're an Orioles fan. And they're like, no. I'm like, why the fuck are you wearing an yeah. Orioles cap? And I don't understand. First off, I don't, a, I don't get someone wearing uh, another yep. team's hat. I get it maybe if it's for the colors. And that's the only reason I could even think of because it literally happened four separate times in L.A. And I don't get Dude. what, what like, why L.A., like, why it happens there. You know what I mean? I, like, I got I to gotta, – I'm, I'm jumping in on this because the exact same thing happened to me multiple times in L.A. Nowhere else that I've lived or just visited, you know, uh, being in L.A., I would see people with Braves hats, Atlanta Braves, and that's where I, you know, I kind of grew up in the Atlanta area. And so early on, when I moved to LA, I would see people with Braves hats. I was like, "Oh, hey, go Braves!" Like you know, at the, at the grocery store or random stuff like that. And people would look at me like, "The fuck I'm talking about?" Yeah. And I'm like, you know, the Atlanta Braves. They're like, "Oh no, no I just like it." And I'm like, what "The fuck are you wearing this hat for?" Yeah. But I'm- and, and then it happened. It happened enough times where I saw, I still would see people with Braves hats all the time in LA. I just stopped saying something because it's just like, what the wrong with this town yes a hundred percent a hundred percent i would see after that after that i just learned my lesson and i didn't like ask the people anymore i didn't look for, for yeah. recognition you know um what is up with that why is la like that and i'm not even a sports person i'm like why the fuck would yeah. you ever wear like a sports thing without i don't know i don't get it 
and it's just LA. I don't get it at all, and it perplexes me. And I could talk about that for like an hour. I never understood that. Let's let's transition from being mad about hats to <laughs> them being mad about hats in the show, <laughs> uh, because Elaine is wearing her Baltimore Orioles hat, which is you know not really a big deal. You're at a baseball game. You should be any, anywhere. You honestly should be able to wear whatever you want. Um, but the accountant is like, hey, this is the owner's area. You're not you should you're not allowed to be wearing a hat that's you know not for the team because you're you're in this this owner's box if you will and Elaine is all like oh fuck you I should be able to wear what I want and I want to wear the team that I care about and it's it's the Orioles um, and so she's like she's I wouldn't say she's causing a fit but she is you know being uh, contentious with you know the account and whatnot so they're she's kind of getting kicked out um, I'm I'm 100 on Elaine's side on this this guy gave his tickets away uh, or the account the the owner. Gave him the way to the account. Whatever. Who gives a fuck if she's a Baltimore Orioles fan? God damn, I hate people. Yeah. Yeah, no, that I'm I'm hundred percent with Elaine on this one. It's it's it's, yeah. it's America. I that being said, I can I can see the accountant's like point of view on it, but mm-hmm. uh, I you know because he's like yeah I can see his point of view, but it's I still think that the the winner of the argument would go to Elaine. I think it's America, yeah, man. We're in, you know like you know whatever. It's just you're wearing an Orioles cap. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, but I oh, mean, yeah. obviously people uh, do because it makes second page, you know, sports news. Yeah, eh, yeah. I mean, it's part of the episode. It's funny. In all the hubbub, Kramer gets hit by a foul ball in the head and kind of just, you know, it's causing a, a ruckus. And uh, we'll come back to that in just a minute. So uh, back at the apartment, Jerry kind of gets the rundown of what happened. Um, and here, I guess because Kramer got hit in the head with a foul ball <laughs> and just all of the insanity that had happened with the Baltimore Orioles hat and whatnot, they made the newspaper. And Elaine is all upset because she apparently had told a lie to her boss, Mr. Littman, um, you know, to get out of work so she could go to the game. And at his office, um, you know, he's kind of like, you know, pressing about, oh, you know, how's your dad doing? Because that was part of the white lie that she had told, like she was going to check in on him. And it's kind of a funny little scene. I like it where she's, you know, trying to steal his new his sports section, uh, which, you know, he fully notices and it doesn't work and she's just being a little awkward and he's like no i'm i'm i want to see this you know i'm saving it for a plane flight stuff like that and so it doesn't work for her and so he heads off with uh, the paper to go on a on a plane or whatnot and we'll come back to him in a little bit hey everybody Corey here i just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. 
Hey, this is Brent. And I'm Eric. And we are part of the Friday Five Podcast. Yes, sir. We cover everything from the 80s to today. We absolutely do. You can find us every other Friday on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Like any. iTunes? Like Stitcher. Oh, man. This Maybe a little Spotify. Hey, and also check us out on Instagram. Absolutely. So come hang out. I think you'll have a lot of fun, and we will see you there. Yeah, bring your proton pack and your ecto cooler. And maybe some McNugget bugs. And now, back to the show. We then cut back to, we see the finished painting of the Kramer. And my God, it is go- it's gorgeous. <laughs> Michael Richards on the behind the scenes of this, he said he actually didn't really like that paint like he didn't he thought it was kind of ugly but at the same time you know he was like oh but can i have it and they he, he made he made an allusion to the fact that they've lost the original since then huh yeah and that's that unfortunate i mean that does so so they lost the original but i mean honestly that painting you know or, or copies and posters of that painting they have hung on the walls of college students and like seinfeld fan offices everywhere since then it's like awesome. you know that is just it's it's a it's become absolutely a huge part of like the mythos of Seinfeld where if you go onto like Seinfeld like fan pages and Seinfeld um, like Facebook groups like that picture comes up all the time I am I would not be shocked if there's people who have like a tattoo of Kramer in that exact pose on them someone someone has to have that oh god yeah oh I'm sure there's at least a hundred people with that it's yeah it's so iconic and if you asked me before we started doing this podcast which season the Kramer painting was in I would have probably said season four I did not realize mm. it was this yeah. early on but you know as much as last episode they were trying to like force some of these like iconic things this is this is just an example of oh man they they just had a winner right out of the gate, and it's yeah. it's amazing. And, you know, if the painting looked any other way, it might not have worked. Just everything about this mm-hmm. painting just absolutely works. And whoever the artist actually is that did it, I think did, like, capture the essence of Kramer. Okay. Not, not Michael Richards. He captured the essence of Kramer, essence. and that's what— and that's why it works. That's why it's so amazing. And and what helps us with that essence of Kramer is really these two like art fans who are looking at it and they're just kind of it speaks to them in two different ways. And I love these two people because one of them is just like, oh, it, it emboldens her, really. It's like it's it's giving her all of like these positive vibes. And this other guy, I love his vote where he kind of uh, his take on it. It's like, oh, I see a parasite, a sexually depraved miscreant, like stuff that we're all like, oh, yeah, that's totally that's totally Kramer right there. Yeah. But like them talking so serious about this character who we know is so ridiculous um, it, it just works in all just a perfect harmony that that makes the painting even more important, you know, than uh, than just having it happen. And the fact that, like, at the end of that joke is they both love it, even though the yeah. guy was like, you know, you, you like his words sound like he's trashing it. But, you know, the mm-hmm. joke is, is that, you know, as an art lover, you know, you can see trash and or see something that you hate, yeah. but still see the value of it as an artistic thing. And, yeah, it, it's great that these two people were just like in love with it as rightfully so, because it's it's amazing. <laughs> It is. But yeah, that is definitely the joke of where, you know, art is, is stupid, not stupidly subjective, it is importantly subjective. And, you know, you get a piece that Nina paints, 
which is some fucking squiggles, <laughs> and it looks stupid. Who the hell wants to pay 500 bucks for that? Um, and then you get something that she paints that is the Kramer, and I'd gladly pay 500 bucks for an original Kramer. <laughs> right, although she gets like 5000 for that. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, she it's, does. Yeah, it's really weird how the, <laughs> the artistic disparity between the two styles that yeah. that she had very right different it's it's and it's you don't see that a lot you know usually a lot of times i mean obviously artists will go through different phases in their life and uh but i mean she is so obviously in tune with portrait painting that i i find it weird that she also has like that abstract stuff around mm-hmm. but maybe that's why the abstract stuff uh the abstract the abstract stuff isn't quite as good because maybe she was just more trying to try that style out to see if it was yeah. you know i didn't like that piece at all the one that george no. quote unquote uh buys although i was thinking now you know how much that apartment that studio artistic studio apartment would cost in new york now and i'm like man like it probably costs five thousand dollars a month so like you'd have to sell mm-hmm. like a kramer every single month but you know her dad's rich so he, he pays for yeah it. yeah yep that's it uh well uh in that apartment jerry and nina they're fighting about you know the the whole hat situation they end up breaking up uh and you know she's like tell your friend george he owes me 500 bucks obviously for the painting um george jerry he should have just fucking left the painting there, you know, but he I guess he's all like, well, she went through the trouble of putting in a frame and stuff like that. Uh, and so, you know, he takes it over to George, who does obviously doesn't want to buy it anymore. It's just a bunch, fucking bunch of squiggles. And, you know, he doesn't care about it. Um, but, you know, I guess Jerry's Jerry's just trying to. I don't know. He feel maybe he feels bad about the whole thing. Well, I, I, um, I'm, honestly, it kind of goes in line with Jerry's personality of what she says of wanting to be friends with people, you know, or not yeah, wanting people true. to dislike him, and that comes up as an actual storyline yes. later. Um, so I actually, it, it, weirdly, it kind of fits. But yeah, at the same time, uh, I don't want to say you because you're married, but like you know, if I have a, a friend who breaks up with his girlfriend and and I agreed to buy a piece of art that's crap for five hundred dollars. You break up mm. with her, man. Don't make me fucking buy that thing. Like, leave that there. <laughs> Don't bring that back to me, <laughs> that piece of crap. I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, all right. So while George and Jerry are, you know, uh, talking about the painting and, and whatnot, um, Jerry finds a note that was left on his door, uh, and it's this passionate just, you know, write-up from Nina about their relationship and how, you know, she doesn't want to end the, you know, she doesn't want to end it. You know, she is very, it's chock full of love and passion. Um, and so it kind of, it kind of motivates Jerry to be like, okay, maybe, maybe I should give this another shot. Um, and we wh- do also thing- get some, one one thing we 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 missed a little bit earlier uh, when Kramer comes in he calls yep. Elaine Carol yes. he's like getting, hi Carol I was getting there oh yeah we miss, I did miss that earlier but I was gonna bring it up now but yeah yeah go ahead oh yeah and then when uh, I think when he comes in with that letter because he's the one that finds yeah. it on Jerry's yeah he is door, he's the one. he he says to George hey Mark and I'm like <laughs> yeah I thought both so, of those were funny and kind of subtle a little bit. They were. I mean, it's kind of, you know, obviously calling back to the baseball that hit him in the head. It's kind of screwed him up a little bit more than than one might think. So, 
But it, is, I agree. It is it is small but good humor. And this is two episodes back to back where Kramer has a head injury, and then yeah, <laughs> and then weirdly, like we're gonna get the crazy Joe DiBola stuff next next season, and he gets kicked yeah. in the head there too. And I kind of like that's the one, the head injury one that I sort of always remember. I was a mm. little shocked this morning watching these two episodes back to back because, as you guys know, we do them in, in sets of two chunks, and we recorded this one and uh, the one previous last week together, and. And both of them feature Kramer having a head injury. I was like, well, this is a weird thing that uh, yeah. are they are we saying moving forward that maybe this is the the, the cause of all of Kramer's problems <laughs> or something? But it doesn't really maybe. seem to change his personality like he was always weird before that. But really, like he's now once we see season four in the crazy Joe Devola stuff, he's going to have three head injuries at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we should start checking him for, what is it, CTE? Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just looking to see on the production codes to see if these episodes were, like, oh, maybe rearranged enough to not be in, like, you know, back-to-back. Order. But no, they were actually scheduled and supposed to be produced back-to-back, yep. which they were, and they were released that way. So it's like, no, they the writers absolutely wrote two head injuries in a row. I mean, they they were really hard up on that they're like man no Kramer, Kramer getting hit in the head is funny stuff people I'm, I'm gonna tell you like that it's a bit much and it, it is funny I loved when he gets hit yeah. in the head by the baseball I thought that was fantastic yeah. but yeah it's weird man I wonder if they were going somewhere with it that didn't they they kind of reeled mm-hmm. it back in or something I don't know but yeah interesting yeah. definitely interesting I don't know yeah, get some other funny moments with that where he kind of blows his nose right on top of the art, and then you know George's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> and then he's kind of wiping it off. And honestly, doesn't mean shit because it's, it's abstract. You can never know. Who cares? Uh, but it's all it's all part of the humor of it. Yeah. Um, we cut to cut to Jerry and Nina. You know, at the apartment, they're having some having a date. Um, you know, watching a movie or something together, and George comes up. Um, you know, he kind of tries to get out of the painting, uh, but it's not really working. And Elaine then comes up and we still see Nina is pretty, uh, upset about, you know, their friendship or general, just more of that jealousy stuff. Yeah. Um, so we get the three of them start watching TV. I love their little discussion about, you know, clicking mm-hmm. about basically channel surfing. And I mean, it is, it's, <laughs> it's very relatable. It's like, you know, some, the way one person surfs and flips, you know, granted again, that's not a thing nowadays because you don't, you, you pick, you do streaming yeah. how people don't, or you watch you or you look through the guide. You don't, um, if you're watching live TV, you usually will check a guide as opposed to actually channel surfing. But back in the day you had like one channel that was the guide channel, and if you and if you weren't on that channel, you were you were flipping. Yeah. And one person's time, like their timing that they do it, is not what another person does. Yeah. And they have a good little back and forth with the three of them about that. And I honestly, I still think it's kind of applicable, especially when like Myra and I are are going through like the Netflix, and I'll sometimes yeah. go too quick because I got like a good recall. I can see the poster and instantly yeah. know what it is, and I'm just going, okay, uh-huh. nope, nope, nope. And I'm like five ahead of her, and she's like, you're going too fast, and I'm like, how am I going too fast? You see it right here. You see it with me, yeah. but yeah, it's <laughs> everyone has has different speeds, and dude, so many like stand up comics back in the '90s used like this <laughs> yes. kind of theme. And like, oh, women, I even think, I feel like Jerry even did it where like, when it comes to channel surfing, mm-hmm. like men are hunters and women are gatherers. I feel like we even yeah, saw that. Did, yeah, we saw that at some point Jerry did it. So yeah, it's, we a, did. it's a tried and true trope. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it works. Um, but while they're surfing, surfing through, 
he kind of recognizes some of the audio and he realizes that she forged that letter that she, that passionate letter that she wrote that is having him you know want to get back together with her from a movie uh the movie is chapter 2 which came out in 1979 but um he's like oh man no she she's like a bunko artist so i had to go look up what the heck is a bunko artist um it's kind of another phrase for being a con man a scam it's a grif grifter a okay. hustle a swindle a flimflam a, a gaffle <laughs> uh, or a bamboozle we, we, i feel like we we've heard flimflam man before on the yeah, show flimfl- so. yeah um, but yeah, but yeah it's, it's one of those like like old school mm-hmm. like um bazooka joe era words you know yeah, old exactly bunko is an older dice game that was uh, originally kind of like a con game similar to three card card money back in the day and so a, a bunko artist is obviously someone who's like that so it's, it's exactly what that is um elaine then goes in and sees uh mr lipman who apparently his accountant is the same guy who gave tickets to uh to elaine earlier and uh you know she right now thinks oh my god he knows he read the sports section and he knows i went to the game as opposed to the whole dad thing but that doesn't come up at all, and that yeah. bothers me in the writing. A hundred percent with you on that one, buddy. I mean, I like the way, obviously, the whole payoff like goes, but yeah. logically speaking, I mean, Mr. Lippman says I'm saving that, uh, you know, uh, that mm-hmm. sports section for his trip in the previous like scene that they had together. So of course he would read it, and then I feel like that story would be interesting enough that he would have probably been like, oh, let me read this. I don't think he would have glossed over that story and unless it's just a you know what it could have just we didn't see the actual picture so it could have just been so you know newspaper printy that you couldn't even make out that it was a lane but we didn't get we didn't get any closure on it yeah as an audience like we have no idea because now we really don't know did Littman read it or not is he fucking with her or is he just kind of you know, he doesn't know about the situation and he invites Elaine because he wants her there. Um, he even kind of says, oh, bring your Baltimore cap. I want to have fun with my accountant buddy, which, you know, we know, ah, ha, ha, that's the same guy from before. And it's, again, it's going to cause insanity. But it's like, is he is he is he trying to like, kind of twist the knife right now? Yeah. I really don't know. Yeah, I, so. I I feel like he isn't. I feel like the end of the, the, the joke I, is, is I that felt the same it, way. Yeah, it's that he's not. But that's not how the joke like was built up to be. Yeah. And it makes more sense as as far as joke timing goes, is that he was just fucking with her the whole time. But that's that's not it. It's almost as if they kind of rewrote the ending to kind of do something different than what they originally had intended. Um, yeah, yeah, not not the best uh, setup, but it is the point where we get the line where uh, Mr. Littman's like, aren't you from Baltimore? And she's like, mm, actually, it's Towson. Like, because you could tell <laughs> yeah. that she was trying to get, you know, the, suss out what mm-hmm. was going on here. Um, but yeah, yeah it not, not the best uh, setup joke, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we do get uh, Jerry at Nina's studio, uh, and uh, he's kind of not so subtly calling her out about, um, you know, her uh, plagiarizing that movie. Um, the pe- I do like the people come in kind of quickly to buy the Kramer, um, so we see that yeah, they spend enough money. Uh, we cut back to the apartment, and George 
uh, asks, oh, if he broke up with Marsha Mason. Yeah. And I'm like, well, who the fuck is Marsha Mason? Apparently, she's an actress from that movie, yeah. Chapter 2. I did the same um, thing. So I, I, I looked it up. Yeah. And it's funny because you go to IMDb and you type in the name of the movie is Chapter 2. But you go in there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, what comes up first is, like, It Chapter so, 2 and stuff like that. It cha- yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, um, James so. Caan is, uh, I think, the big name yeah. that was in that movie. I've yeah. I've never seen it, never no, heard of never it. Seen and, it. Yeah. I'm with you. Same thing for me. Uh, but yes, they broke up. Uh, but George and Jerry kind of have the uh, the baseball game on TV. And again, very similarly to the last time Elaine was there, she's got her Baltimore hat on and it's causing a ruckus and it's making the TV and it's kind of funny. Um, you know, just kind of, I guess, just calling back to that previous moment that we saw earlier. Um, I, kind of a strange thing is that art loving couple have a have a quick little scene with Kramer. They invited him over for dinner and they're talking to him in their home with the painting up and it's very strange. They're that enamored with him from the painting that they wanted to know more about him. Uh so all of that was kind of strange. Just kind of like a okay, we're the, we got also got very little to no resolution about the head injury with yeah. Kramer. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, I got no resolution with the discussion about you know what does Littman know I mean I, I guess I, I assume he has to know about it now because the accountant was there or you know he's going to tell him that oh it's that same lady and so stuff will come together but eh, whatever uh, we end with a stand-up scene about baseball seats <laughs> yeah uh so jerry's excited for baseball scene season to start and he's like uh you ever sneak down like to better seats at the game and get caught by the usher he's like when you're a kid it doesn't matter you're always getting caught you're always getting chased out of places and stuff but like but when you're an adult it's it's embarrassing you get caught and you like have to put on this whole act like you're confused how could this have happened and he's like oh you know doing the whole the motions and stuff he goes oh i see the problem these are very good seats and I have very bad seats. That's the mm-hmm. misunderstanding, and uh, I feel like that one's uh, applicable too. I, I think that's a that was a good little stand-up bit right there. I thought that was always applicable and still very funny. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's decent. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll go ahead and share my final thoughts if that's cool with you. Yes, because I I did the last one, and I'm honestly mm-hmm. still trying to sort out my feelings for this episode. So please let me uh, let me know what you feel about it. Sure. Um, I enjoyed the episode pretty well. Uh, I liked all of like the art angle stuff I thought was pretty funny and pretty relatable with like, you know, okay, how much is art really worth? It is kind of depending on especially abstract art. Um, then the Kramer painting is just freaking awesome. I love that painting. Everybody does in all of like Seinfeldian lore. It's just, it's so high up there in everybody's nostalgia. I enjoyed the Baltimore hat issue and I'm totally on her side. Um, I, I know the whole part of that joke is, you know, about it's kind of stupid that she has to take the hat off, but wh- whatever. Um, the art couple was weird, but I love the scene of them explaining it to, to you know, just explaining their take on Kramer. Uh, watching this whole episode back, I had some stuff that I just felt didn't cement it as a really good episode that could have a lot of those writing things that just didn't kind of come back, didn't close up that I wish they would have ha- had some of that. Um I think this is a perfectly mediocre episode. I thought it was, to me, it was right on line with uh, the one that we just previously discussed. So I gave it 2.5 out of 5 button flies. <laughs> I like that one. Um, I kind of don't really have anything to add to that. I pretty much feel the exact same way um, right down to my rating of it. I, I don't even, mm. wouldn't even give this a 3. I'd give it a 2.5. Yep. And I guess I was a little bit confused because I was like, 
Yeah, it's it's two episodes back to back that I felt were a bit mediocre, and then this one's like so iconic with with the yeah. Kramer painting, and there's and of course for me personally, it's a big episode with the the Orioles cap, so I remember that, and I actually I like all the baseball scene stuff, but it's only really like two minutes in the episode that you actually get that little baseball scene, and. It's really an example of me wanting so bad to really enjoy this episode, but I can't deny the fact that yeah, it's 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 subpar. It's 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 not even like I think on par. It's it's two point five. I think it's a little bit less than than good, and it's because yeah. of like everything you said and just the fact that like there all these like loose threads don't really get tied up that well. And we've seen so many episodes this season that have that has such good tight writing where every single thread like comes together and there's nothing loose at mm-hmm. all that when you see this you're like okay fine maybe one thread is loose but like having two two point five yeah, a couple threads stuff. that are kind of like wonky and loose and you know and then it's like the 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 rich couple I enjoyed their interaction. I enjoyed what they bring to the table. But what threw me off is they literally. I felt like they the, they dressed those actors up to look like a like a comedy movie of like you know trading <laughs> places or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they looked like a spoof on rich people, and that so that kind of like created this a little bit of a disconnect for me. I think the yeah. joke would have worked better if they were more of a normal rich couple with, with those people. I do that's kind of how we discussed in last week's episode um where sometimes they're seinfeld's just trying too hard and i think this is the moment in this episode with that couple that they're trying too hard like the kramer the kramer painting was gonna be perfection you know the second you had it done and this couple is funny but they're just trying a little too hard with them yeah yes exactly two episodes back to back where i feel like the writers had these like internal mandates with themselves they're like we got to have our next catchphrase we got to have our next thing and you know even circling back to, uh, really quick to the rich people we've said it before like 22 minute episodes sometimes you have to go for broad strokes and you got to insert things that are very stereotypical and and kind of very broad um but this is one of those cases where i think it actually would have worked if they had toned it down just a hair but uh but hey like like we always say it's still enjoyable it's still watchable like every almost every episode of seinfeld is still a hundred percent watchable but you know now that we're watching these these back to back and we're actually breaking them down (laughs) and and analyzing them um you know i i personally like the fact that we don't love every single episode because it makes the the five star episodes that much better exactly and and we're to me the scale, like my, you know, like the the out of five scale, it's a Seinfeld scale where a one out of five in Seinfeld is gonna be better than a lot of shit out there. <laughs> a lot you know, of fives, it's not like, like of another show, yeah. Oh, exactly. Where you know we're because we are seeing we're watching so much Seinfeld and critiquing it. You know, we gotta. I, I want to compare them to each other, and so I, you know, I'm gonna make. It, it sounds harsh when you say like, "Oh, that's a 2.5 out of five. but it's really not. It's still. We both enjoyed <laughs> yeah, this episode. Yeah, I, I would still like, rather watch a, this episode than like yeah. a bunch of other sitcoms. You know, exactly. So, so, you know, take our take our scale with a grain of salt, knowing that we we love this shit so much, <laughs> and a a low Seinfeld score is gonna be 
better than almost any other score from any other show yes. really yes yeah it's it's really yeah you're right yeah. i couldn't have said it better <laughs> so all right uh all right cory um i'm gonna start with where i'm out in the internet world how about that please do um uh you guys can find me you know uh every week Outside of uh, Cartwright, you can find me talking nostalgia with my brother on the Blast from Our Past podcast. Uh, we do movies, TV shows, album reviews, top ten lists, all interesting kind of stuff uh, from the days, typically from the mostly late 70s to mid 90s. But we kind of have some stuff uh, out and about. Uh, we've got, you know, uh, guests on there all the time. Mostly our guests come from the uh, Op Network. Uh, that's the Blast From Our Past Network, and uh, one of those guests, one of those common guests, would be our man Corey and other people that he talks to and works with uh, on his podcast. And who might those be? And tell us all about your stuff, Corey. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can find me uh, talking about uh, cult movies from the 80s and 90s and whatnot with my buddy Zach, who's also been on the Blast From Our Past podcast, uh, one of the Patreon episodes. And uh, I have I talk every week with my friend Tess on the ongoing comic book discussion podcast. And I think she's which I know she's been on a uh, an episode with you guys for the Patreon, the the trivia episode, but I know you guys are booking yes, her a for trivia. a uh, an actual proper, you know, main one as well. Yep. Um yep. Yeah. And uh, you can we're gonna also... Be, we're, we're ta- we talked... Uh, we already recorded it, and it'll come out probably within a week or so after this one, where we talked uh, Felicity and Serenity. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, that's not right. Not Felicity. Cause... Sorry, not Felicity. Uh, Firefly. That's that's right. <laughs> I remember her... totally different show. Yeah, I remember her talking about uh, rewatching them uh, yeah. with you guys, so... Um, and then uh, you can find all of those on the BFOPnetwork.com, uh, but also check out our buddies Brent and Eric over at the Friday Five podcast. I know uh, that Brent's been on the Patreon with you guys, and I know you guys are working on getting both of them on the regular show as well. Yep. I think that's our mandate for 2020 is to do a lot more uh, co-host intermingling uh, but, but with all the episodes in the BFOP network. So if, if you like any of those shows or if any of the ones I just sort of rattled off to you sound interesting uh just you can find all of them over at bfopnetwork.com and each show that we have which i believe are uh, five of them now um in our network each one has its own little page so you can go and find all the podcatchers you can go you know directly to the stitcher page and the soundcloud Mm -hmm. page and all that kind of stuff but uh everything everything is over there you can find it all on the bfopnetwork.com and uh yeah it's it's a lot of fun and we really appreciate all the love and support you guys give this show yep. and all our other shows because we know you guys are listening to this and our other shows as well and we know that you guys are leaving five star reviews for for this show the other show like you guys are just you guys you guys the fans you guys are killing it you guys are really helping us boost the signal you're really helping us uh, uh you know get out there in front of new listeners and whatnot because i've seen you all share the show with other people it's it's freaking awesome so i just want to say you know for me and adam we we both appreciate everything you guys do to spread the love for our little uh, little podcast network that's that's blowing up right now <laughs> yeah. couldn't have said it better myself thank uh, you everybody thank you very much and uh yeah guys we are pretty much coming to the end of the the season so we have um two more regular episodes left and then we will have a, a season wrap-up episode and then we'll mm-hmm. probably take like a week hiatus or something just to have a break before we jump into season four so we're, we're getting there we're getting through season three so i'm curious to see what everyone's thoughts are uh you know 
start start thinking now when you hear this episode. If you want to just start DMing us on uh, Facebook or something, start giving us uh, like like let us know what your favorite episode from season three was, and maybe what your least favorite episode from season three was. Yeah. I would we would love to hear that, and we'll we'll talk about that on the uh, the, the the season wrap up. And I'll I'll keep reminding you guys for the next couple episodes to do that. But I think that'd be fun. Leave us a note. Just let us know of season three what your favorite episode was and what your least favorite episode was. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will see you guys next week yep. with the penultimate episode of season three. Nice. That's a good word. That's a T word. Yeah. Yes, I know. I, I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? I'm Tess. And I'm Corey. And we are the ongoing comic book discussion podcast, the place where one guy and one gal dive into the world of comic books one adventure at a time. That's right. You can find us every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any of your favorite podcatchers. So come check out OCD Podcasts, where comic books are cool.